feeling like you're juggling endless tasks from content to proposals and everything in between? And if just thinking about adding content marketing to your list overwhelms you even more, I've got something for you. Introducing the Ultimate AEC Content Marketing Starter Kit, your jumpstart to content marketing success. It's all about the four crucial decisions to clarify your plan and kickstart your content creation journey. I've walked your path since 2005, managing marketing and proposal deadlines. That's why I've crafted this kit to make your journey just a bit smoother. Let's face it, just getting started is often the hardest part, especially with new strategies. The Ultimate AEC Content Marketing Starter Kit leads you through those vital early steps. It's about getting growth clarity, understanding your dream audience, and turning your existing content into pure gold. Are you ready to jumpstart your content marketing game? Visit marketerstakeflight.com forward slash starter kit and snag your ultimate AEC content marketing starter kit. Let's conquer the content world one campaign at a time. Grab your starter kit now over at marketerstakeflight.com forward slash starter kit. So it's not just about cutting text, but it's just making it easier to read for the reader. Hey there, welcome to the Marketers Take Flight podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Diven, founder of Marketers Take Flight and the creator of the Proposal Pro course. I am obsessed with helping AEC marketers just like you put order back into the proposal process, create winning strategies, and build the confidence and courage to advance your career. Each week, I will be sharing tangible and tactical advice and inspiring interviews to fly through the proposal turbulence and have your career take off. So let's dive right in. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Marketers Take Flight podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about cutting the fat out of your proposals so they can fit within strict page limits. So how many times has a project manager given you a draft of a proposal that is 10 pages long, but you only have a page limit of five pages? I know that's happened to me on many occasions. They know there's a page limit, but they just can't cut anything else out. It's all quote unquote critical to their write-up. If you've been faced with this, you might not even know where to start, or you might not feel comfortable cutting text from the technical professionals yourself. You don't want to remove a sentence that's important to the technical approach or could put your firm at risk. So where do you start? How do you cut the proposal fat, but not the meat? And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you some ideas to edit the writing and some layout tips and tricks to help you reduce the original draft content to at least get it somewhat closer to your page limits, maybe even fit within those page limits. So first, the most effective way to fit your content into strict page limits is to edit the text, actually cut text out. However, You can't just start cutting without being scared of losing that valuable content. But yes, you can. That's when, that's what I call cutting the fat. These, this fat are those extra words, phrases, and repetitive information that shows up in almost every proposal draft. So here are some tips to help you cut that fat when you edit your proposals. So first, 
let the writing rest, especially if you are the one that's writing it. Write it and then come back later to edit it, maybe the next day or the next, you know, or later on in that afternoon. Then when you're ready to edit, look at the entire proposal globally first, um, all the sections together, and then work section by section and then paragraph by paragraph. And when you're doing this review, let's talk about some things to look for. First, look for reducing repetition. Has a concept already been explained? Is it talked about in more than one section? Has information been repeated unnecessarily? If the client is asking for the same information in two different places, can you cross-reference that to the other section? Or do you have time to even ask the client to, to clarify what they're asking for to eliminate one of the sections? Another pr- a tip is to use simple s- sentences. Um, when you're doing a review, ask yourself, does your text have long run-on sentences with multiple different topics? So just chop them up and make shorter, simpler sentences. This will just naturally allow you to cut some text. Another strategy is to rewrite sentences to active voice. Writing becomes clearer, more interesting, and more specific when we write using active verbs like list, um, run, jump, um, for example. Passive verbs are easy to find because they typically have the form of the verb to be in front of them. And to be verbs include is, are, was, were, be, being, been, and am. So let me give you an example. So a passive sentence might would read like, the table below is intended to identify existing noise levels in the project area. So we can change that to active to read, the table below identifies existing noise level in the project area. We cut out almost three whole words. So changing everything to active voice will naturally allow you to start cutting that fat without losing or changing the meaning of the sentence. Another tip is to remove prepositional phrases. In prepositional phrases, if you guys can remember back to elementary school grammar, a prepositional phrase is a group of words consisting of a preposition, its object, and any words that modify the object. Most of the time, these phrases modify a verb or a noun. And thinking back to elementary school, if you remember your teacher taught you the mouse, and anywhere where a mouse could go usually begins a prepositional phrase, to, above, below, around, etc., that's how I remember it anyways. A lot of times you can remove these phrases without changing the meaning of the sentence. My favorite prepositional phrase phrase to remove is in order to. So quote in order to. And it appears all the time at the beginning of sentences in our proposal drafts and can be cut nearly 100% of the time. So if you just go through your document and delete all the in order to's, you might even save, you know, a paragraph or two of space. So this combination of using active voice and removing prepositional phrases alone will cut a a lot of text out of your document. And you'll also have clearer writing. So it's not just about cutting text, but it's just making it easier to read for the reader. Another strategy yet, another strategy is also writing in first person. Um, 
So I know a lot of us try to sound formal and we'll say the project manager will coordinate yada, yada, yada for the project. But if you just change it to say Sue or Jay or John or she or he will coordinate the permitting of the entire project, it is less formal and it is more conversational. In addition, it cuts out some text um, and it just makes it more engaging for the reader as well. You can also abbreviate. So we have a lot of abbreviations and alphabet soup in our industry. So once you state the name or the abbreviation first, um, you know, and then put the abbreviation in parentheses, you can then use that abbreviation throughout your document. You could also do this with the name of the project or if it's a facility or a state road and it's just a really long name, you can just say, hey, we're going to reference this as um, the project or the new roadway, and then use that throughout your document. And then another one strategy, again, is to look, when you start going paragraph by paragraph, look at the last sentence in the paragraph. Um, oftentimes, what I've found is that the last par- the last sentence in a paragraph is really redundant. Um, and that is really redundant how I just said that. So many people still write like our third and fourth grade teachers taught us in that to summarize the, each paragraph by rewriting the first sentence. So if you remember back to your um, grammar days in elementary where you had the sandwich paragraphs, where you had an intro, the three main points, and then the summary, um, when you're, we don't need to write like that anymore. So when, especially when you're limited on space, it's okay to cut this. And then some other ideas are ch- uh, is to change um, the words and phrases to be more succinct. So I have a bunch of examples here. So instead of maybe saying a large number of, just use the word many. Or in close proximity to, so that's three words, change that to near. Um, and then my favorite, in order to, just say to. You don't need to say in order to. It doesn't change the meaning of it. So you think about all these like larger phrases um, and be more succinct. Just use a, a better word to you know for that. Okay, so that kind of sums up some of the editing and grammar and and um, writing review tricks. Now let's talk a little bit about layout and typography tricks. And there are several layout and typography tricks that you can do as well. There are some obvious ones like reducing the font size, reducing the margin size, or reducing the header and footer size. And again, you might be restricted because what's dictated in the RFP or by the client. So I'm going to share some other tricks that I've used in the past to fit into my page limits. First is actually changing the font. There are some fonts that are just larger. Even if they're both the same 12-point size, they, the fonts will take up different space. So for example, if you're allowed to choose between Arial font and Times New Roman font, Times New Roman always takes up less space, even at the same 12-point size as Arial. So use Times New Roman because it will actually just take up less space. Also, if you're using InDesign, you can play around with the fonts kerning, tracking, and and letting. And let me explain what those are. So kerning is the process of adjusting the space in between the characters, and it does it proportionally for the font. 
Whereas tracking adjusts the letters, um, the the spacing between letters uniformly over a range of characters. So you can adjust both um, to make it squish them a little bit more, but not make it look weird. Um, and in InDesign, you can do that. Word allows you only to control the kerning. And there are extremes to both kerning and tracking that will affect the legibility and readability of your type. You don't want your letters so squished together, it just looks odd. But if you just do some slight variations to make your type appear slightly closer together, it may give you another line or two of text um, that will appear on the page. And it might just give you, you know, bump it up a line or two. Now, letting is the vertical space between the lines of text. And this term actually came from the days of when individual pieces of lead were inserted between text blocks on the old print um, machines to increase their vertical distance between the lines. So that's pretty cool, huh? And like the kerning, the letting can impact the readability and the legibility of type. You don't want big gaps because big gaps between lines, you know, obviously will take more space, but it can also make it more difficult to read. Um, it can be reduced to save space and tight page limits. However, again, don't go too crazy with the letting. You don't want it so smushed that one line is, you know, bumping into another line of text. So again, letting is the space between lines. You can also play with the space between paragraphs. You can reduce this slightly to fit more on a page. You'll definitely want to remove any extra line spacing, like any extra hard returns between paragraphs, and use the space after paragraph settings, which are both available in Word and InDesign. And then for headings, you can also reduce the space um, before this, the space before headings by a point or two, which most readers will hardly notice, especially if your headings are a different size or a different color. And then if you have bulleted list or numbered list, you can also adjust the indentation of the list. So maybe not indent it so much. Um, and that way you can bring more of the text up on that line. And I've done this. I've played around with this, even lined the bullets up with the paragraph above it because the bullet itself creates a visual indentation. Okay, so let's next talk about full justified versus left, just, left aligned text. So full justified versus left aligned text. Sometimes you can play around with the justification of the text. Um, and sometimes, and this depends on the number of columns, you may be able to fit more text if the font, um, if your type is full justified versus left align, especially if you have two columns, sometimes you, this will allow, bring, you know, give you a couple more lines of space. I would play, um, you know, with both options to see if it does save space for your particular layout. Sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. Um, it doesn't even matter. However, I would caution you that if you, I do not like full justified turn on. So I will ca caution you that if you are going to choose that option and have full justified text, you are, you most likely will get these weird spaces between letters um, that are different sizes. Like if you remember like from a newspaper and these are called rivers and they are very distracting to the re the reader. So to avoid this, what I do when I have to use full justified is I turn on hyphenation. And you can turn this on and control it in InDesign. 
And when you do that, this will pull all the letters closer together. It might even save some space as well. It just gets rid of those different size gaps and the weird gaps. And it just makes it look more of like a box, um, which a lot of people like, especially in our industry. Okay, so let's talk about tables and charts. You can apply the same font and spacing trick to the tables and charts. You can also play with the cell spacing and tables. And this is this is available in both Word and InDesign. And you can also play with the text wrapping around the options. So instead of just squaring it off, you can make them a little bit closer or wrap them around. I would not eliminate any tables or charts to save space though. Oftentimes, these tables and charts, they make the document more readable and sometimes can replace a lot of text if you think creatively about the tables and charts. Okay, I've compiled these tricks into one checklist. You can head over to marketerstakeflight.com forward slash three, as in the number three for episode three, and you will get a summary of the show and you'll also be able to download your free cut the fat, not the meat checklist. Also, if you have any other tips that you've used to save space in your proposals, go over to that same page and leave them there in the comments so we can all learn from each other. And that's it for today. So thank you so much for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, please subscribe to the Marketers Take Flight podcast, and I'll see you in the next episode.